My name is Nancy Farrow, also known as Mama Lou, and I'm the founder of Epic Experience. Epic Experience mission is to empower adult cancer survivors and thrivers to live beyond cancer. I hope that as you listen to Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer, you find hope, healing, and empowerment. Through stories and education, we aim to guide those impacted by cancer and more importantly, offer love and support to anyone out there who needs it. This is Beyond Cancer. Hello, everyone. This is Gail, a.k.a. Sunshine. Today, we have Gretchen Simpson joining us around the campfire. Gretchen, so glad to have you with us. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Awesome. So first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, including your background? Now, Gretchen and I met a little over a year ago, right? Yes. Um, when I volunteered at her camp. So I'm really excited to have you with us today. But tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, uh, where you live now, if you have kids, those kind of things. And please include one fun fact. All right. I uh, live in the Pacific Northwest and uh, in the very center of the state of Washington. I work at uh, Central Washington University in the Health Sciences Department as part of the paramedic program. So I'm an instructor there, and I have two grown boys, and I like to say I recover from all my activities by going into the wilderness or my garden. They do kind of the same thing for me. Yeah. And oh, recently an empty nester as well. So that is hard with a capital H, <laughs> um, but that is good, and that is a little bit about me. So are you doing more of the gardening and wilderness activities now <laughs> that you are an empty nester? Absolutely. Yeah, that uh, fills up my soul too, as um, as my boys did. I'm happy for them as they're trying to figure things out. But absolutely, I get lost in my garden. I, awesome. I love it. Well, what's one fun fact that you can share about yourself? One fun fact. I don't know if it's fun. I was thinking about this. I love socks. Like what kind of socks? <laughs> this is uh, fun. I, it, I like warm feet, but I love, you know, people go on vacations and they get like the t-shirt and the hat. I go on vacations and I get the socks. Awesome. So my last pair of socks, which I've been wearing a lot lately, um, are from Graceland. Elvis Very cool. Presley. So, do, do they have a picture of Elvis on them? They do. That they is do with the amazing. big hair swag going across the kind of the iconic look of of him, and then it says Graceland. So it's kind of interesting. I, a friend had bought me a pair uh, as I started my cancer journey with the pink, and it said Warrior. Another one said Courageous. And so when I would go into my treatments. I would put those on kind of like I love a it. suiting up because you're laying in the bed for, you know, a long time during treatments or I was, 
And yeah. those socks were kind of like my armor. I love it. Form. And so I really, and they were really comfortable. So now I, I've gotten some for my birthday. I've gotten some for a gift. And now I look for them. I have pickleball socks. I've got Easter socks. I've got- I love it. I love it. Well, speaking of putting on armor for treatment, tell us a little bit about your diagnosis story. When, uh, what symptoms were you experiencing? Kind of the surgery treatment journey, all of that. Oh, yeah. It started, I started having, I was self-diagnosed. It started I th- in the kind of March of 2020 when I would get pain in my left breast. Hmm. And of course it always happened at night. I would go to sleep and uh, forget about it the next day. So one night I said to no one out in the middle of nowhere, if you're going to hurt, make it during the day and I will make an appointment because I keep forgetting. Next day I woke up and sure enough, I had a pain in my left breast and I went, oh yeah, I made that promise. (laughs) Oh, I guess I got to make the call. So that's when it started. It was, but I did not get in until the fall of that year, 2020. Wait, this was March and you didn't get in until- So this was springtime-ish of 2020. Didn't get in to get a mammogram. And this should, this is a good part of the story um, that people should hear. Cause I live in a small town hmm. and bless our little hospital. I'm so grateful for it. Um, they do a good job, but they are limited resources. And I right. wasn't that worried. 80% of tumors are benign. I know all these things. So it's okay. Put me in the fall. And then people went on vacation and then there's the holidays. <sighs> Thanksgiving was in there. So I finally went into my mammogram uh, in the fall, late fall, December. And I remember there was a voice in my head that said, ask the the, mam- the mammographer, the technician. And I asked her this question, am I crazy or do you see or feel a lump in my left breast? I'm not asking for a diagnosis. I'm asking for an opinion. Mm-hmm. She was so kind took the, did the mammogram. And while I was in there, she said, look at this. And I, you know, you'd turn your head and there was a little bright spot. Hmm. She goes, that's a little bit outside of the mammogram. I said, so should I pursue this if it were you? And she said, yes, forget about it. Two weeks later, get the envelope in the mail results clear. Nothing. And I went, oh, you have dense breasts. But I remember that conversation. And thank goodness I asked her. I am so grateful because I had to fight with our, again, small town. The ultrasound only comes once every two weeks because they live in another (laughs) town. So go into late January and finally got the ultrasound after the doctor said, no, you don't need it. You're, you know, it's clear. You don't need this. It's clear. You don't need this. So that took a fight. And I'm glad that I did because yes. um, it turned out uh, that I did have cancer. So that was the beginning of wow. uh, of all of that in January, and then went into February. Met with the team of Seattle at Seattle Cancer Care Alliance, which is now Fred Hutch Fred mm-hmm. Hutchinson, and uh, that's where it started. Uh, well, they did the kind of classic you know, this is your treatment. You've got stage two, triple positive breast cancer. It's aggressive. 
this is what we would do for treatment. And I said, wait, let me look. Went home, got completely scared and looked into some alternatives. Hmm. But my tumor had grown from back in December when they first did it just till February, just by several millimeters. And so it scared me. And I, so I opted for the traditional uh, 12 rounds of chemo, weekly chemo, and then targeted chemo every three weeks with the triple positive aspect. And now I'm, which I quit after about six months. Because? I I was a wreck. You saw me. (laughs) I I was a wreck. I, I, the pain level was so high and my body was just done. So I, um, I just didn't tolerate it. I think I had every side effect in in the fine print. That you had every one of them. I did no nausea. I had <laughs> nausea, but I didn't vomit, and I kept the control of that. But every other little, and that started the journey of Gretchen. You really are unique, and my friends started calling me special <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I got these weird blisters around my lips, and they're like, "Oh, that's unusual." And then I got, you know, fluid around my heart. Now, uh, that's not common. And then I got my skin like crinkled up like lizard. Oh, that's strange. And just all these little things wow. that were a strange bit. And uh, my joints, I was just mm-hmm. in a lot of pain around my joints. My muscles were yeah, turning into scar tissue. So I quit the targeted chemo at, after six months and just decided, you know what, for another 5% of this not coming back, I'm okay with that. So now I'm just on immunotherapy. And so since then, you have been on the immunotherapy and... I got appendicitis. <laughs> I know, it just keeps coming. And I didn't know it because, again, no white blood cells. Oh, yeah. I had quit. Um, and then I went into the spring of next year. So now we're in 2022 and just kept feeling lousy and kept asking, mm-hmm. is this a- how I keep feeling so lousy. I quit everything. This has been a couple months. Anyways, turned out to have appendicitis that went undiagnosed again, due to low white blood count and no symptoms, just kind of this, well, like you feel like you're still on chemo. Right. Yeah. Then it inflamed my uh, hip joint. So I got iliopsoas bursitis Fancy word for, you know, swelling Pain around in the hip. <laughs> yeah. And those labral tears and it had got some oh. labral tears from that. So I was in pain. And so, and that's right about when, uh, I think I was at the end of my rope there. That's when I just said done. And that was the, in March of 2022 and recovered from that appendicitis, then the iliopsoas bursitis, and that was in June when I just said, oh, this is not no living. More. So physically, obviously you were don't, not doing well, uh, mentally and emotionally. It sounds <laughs> like you were struggling well, as well. Talk a little bit more about that. What was the impact, both of being diagnosed and then also the treatment uh, and the impact it was having on your body? Yeah, well, getting diagnosed was shocking because it was just... And it shocked a lot of other people too. It was like, oh crap, if Gretchen gets cancer, that means I can get Mm. cancer because my lifestyle of eating fairly healthy from the garden, like I said, Mm -hmm. I'm a gardener, so I'm not perfect. I like my dark chocolate covered almonds. 
Who doesn't? um, (laughs) I enjoy exercise. I enjoy the wilderness, anything, whether it's hiking, biking, walking, uh, kayaking. I enjoy all of those things. So very active um, Mm -hmm. lifestyle. And then no, no parents, no aunts, no grandparents went back yeah. on the family tree a couple of generations, nothing. Environment, grew up in the country, no environmental toxins. So it was very shocking. And uh, at first it was like, okay, I'm going to beat this. And then as my body started to get beaten down, uh, yeah. so did my the mental fortitude went yeah. down as well. Yeah. How did your diagnosis and treatment, since this sounds like it was a whole package deal, how did it <laughs> how did it um, impact your social life, your relationships, both with your friends and family? You know, that is one of the biggest blessings, I think, mm. of this is that sound it sounds backwards, but I feel like I got to see my own funeral in a way. Like huh. I, that's how I kind of viewed it. People came and I received so much love from my friends and the community. It just makes me tear up that I had to have drivers because I live in, I'm two hours away from treatment. Oh, wow. As anyone that knows all the appointments involved, there's hundreds, I would say, by the time you're at the end. But every week to chemo, I mean, I didn't think I had 12 friends that that wanted to spend an entire day with me. And they're like, oh no, Gretchy Poo, we want to hang out with you. And I'm like, well, there's not going to be a lot of me to hang out with on the way home. Yeah. Leaving at 5 a.m. in the morning. How Uh. can that be exciting to you? But, and the meals and then just the occasional visit, the respectful visit of just brief, Mm -hmm. you know, just a brief can I bring you a smoothie? Need anything from the store? Just flowers, a card in the mail, text yeah. message, those types of things were just, they kept me going. That's awesome. How did your kids handle it? I'm wondering how, and how you say they're grown. Yeah, so, so they, they were, were mm-hmm, yeah, well, they were teenagers then older teenagers. Uh, and one, I, I, they were, I think they were a little bit scared, but, yeah. um, uh, my youngest was like, you got this G mommy. We got nicknames for everybody. <laughs> so uh, made me a little poster to put on the TV that of a wrestler and it's like, you can throw this down G mommy. You got this. So he was uh, positive. I love but it. Yeah. He did talk to his friends. So thank goodness, which I found out later. Yeah. I didn't realize that he um, uh, went to his friends and then my older son he was pretty stoic about it and yeah. would do, it was helpful in his way, but definitely yeah. uh, scared, scared. Well, yeah, I would imagine they both were and we all handle it in different ways mm-hmm. um, for sure. So you've painted a little bit of picture of what your life was like before Epic. How did you hear about Epic experience during this time? The through the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance, uh, I was done with the 12 rounds of chemo, was still doing the targeted, but like I said, I kept feeling horrible. And this is like six, yeah, six months after I had quit, or maybe oh, five wow. months. So I thought I would be feeling a little bit better 
And I got onto the website and I was like, God, they said they offer spiritual help. They offer new, they got to offer, I need something. I need something. And that's, there was a little icon uh, Mm -hmm. somewhere. I can't remember, but somewhere on their page of Fred Hutchison, Seattle Cancer Care, there was a little icon and I I clicked on it and filled out everything. I mean, I just realized this was all during COVID. So you were doing all this, a lot of it <laughs> during COVID. Um, and I think you attended one of the summer camps that was soon after we started doing camps again, because it was a period that we had. A- yeah. Camps had stopped. Yeah. This was the first, at least that's what they told me. This was their first time doing a camp after COVID. Yeah. So that was March of was it 2021. No, so you, camp UMC went in June. summer. Yeah. It was summer. Yes. Sorry. It was summer of 20. What are we at? 2022. Yeah. 2022. Thank you. Yes. Uh, we're in so, 2023. So yes. So when you went and you applied and you did all that, what were your expectations? Like you saw about ex- Epic Experience, you saw some of the stuff on the website. What were you hoping for before you went? Before I went? Well, I had kind of forgotten about it until I was contacted but my hope was like, oh, this is hope is like junior high camp. When I went to <laughs> church camp and we got to just run around all day and do activities and sit by the campfire and then and eat food and then do all that with your friends. So that was my hope, had forgotten about it. And then when I was contacted uh, to be a part of it, I was like, oh, I hope I can survive the plane ride. I hope that this is just a good outdoor experience that I can connect with others. I had no expectations. I was, because I was in so much pain, Yeah, I was in need uh, to connect with others through the similar uh, experience. So my hope was connecting and sitting around a campfire. That was it. And did it meet your expectations? <laughs> oh. And if so, how? <laughs> <laughs> it was a little more than a campfire, but I did. We did get the campfire, so we that did. was like, all right, this is cool. It was in the outdoors, beautiful outdoor setting. So I was like, okay, check, check. Everything else was bonus, and uh, awesome. I would call it beyond, beyond. So that's probably the simplest way to put it. But yeah, um, from connect the connections and meeting others, the setting, the food, the activities, everything was not expecting all of that. I'm thinking, well, you know, junior high camp where yeah. you pitch in and do stuff. So this was, was, uh, amazing. So what have you taken away and applied or incorporated back home? What were one or two of the things that have really made a lasting impact in your life now? Well, there was a lot of things, but probably the first day when we went to go do an activity, I uh, went to Wingman and I remember coming up uh, to him and um, it just makes me tear up thinking about it. But I said, I don't think I can do this. I don't think my body is going to be able to do this. I want to do it, but I don't think I can. And he just said, okay. And I went, what? He said, no problem. We've got, we'll take care of you. This is, it's no, and I'm like, oh, so it's okay if I fail. Like I can try and it's okay if I fail. And he said, yes. Mm. 
And that permission to fail hmm. made me, <laughs> you saw me, I just loved every bit. And it, yeah. so what that did coming back home is like, I can try these things and it's okay. Yep. It's okay if I go out to try to play pickleball and only make it through. And I would tell my friends like, Hey, I might not last five minutes, but sure enough, five minutes turned into 10 and pretty soon Mm -hmm. forget about the pain and 10 minutes turns into 20 minutes and the permission to fail, but just try. That's uh, awesome. Was a, was a big takeaway. uh, Yeah. Me. It really, and just doing the activities just really filled me up and gave me confidence and the realization that I don't have to do everything a hundred percent perfectly or be the best, but just try mm-hmm. five minutes of pickleball is better than no minutes of pickleball. That's right. That's, so that's great. Yeah. I do remember watching you soak up the activities. <laughs> you were a hundred percent in each time. Which and awesome. Yes. And somehow that safety net, that safety mm-hmm. net of it's okay to fail. Boy, did I go the other direction because I yeah. knew somebody, something was going to catch me. Yeah. And so that really uh, opened up my life, my world um, when I came back. That's awesome. To living again. It yeah. opened up to living again. And one of the things that you've done since you've come back is you helped Epic Experience at a regional meetup in Seattle. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about what the day was like. Share a little bit about the day. Let's start there. Yes. Well, credit to Princess. She's the (laughs) one that did all the work and she has amazing friends. Um, But I did drive the farthest to (laughs) (laughs) attend. So it was great. I, there... It was a good, again, the connection. It was very obvious there is a need to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so fun to meet others who've had the ex- epic experience, but there was others who, um, that surprised me, that sh- that just showed up and they yeah. had books. I was like, wow, I thought that took guts, but it just shows that need for connection. And she yeah. did an amazing job with the food and the activities. And we all didn't want to go home. I think our feedback was let's let's do more. Let's make this a longer experience, not yeah. just a few hours. So um she did a great job. I hope that those continue. There's a need, definitely. Well, and that's interesting. So do you in observing people who had not been to an epic experience and like you said, took some courage to show up, do you think they immediately were able to kind of jump in and join the crowd and everybody because of that connection with cancer? Is there that that un- unfortunate, I guess, connection that we <laughs> that, that we all have, but that also bonds us more quickly maybe than in other situations. Yes, I think so. There's an, a, just a natural, well, it's not natural, but right. a learned I, understanding. Yeah. A learned understanding. Because we were, the people that showed up were at all different stages. Yeah. And uh, the caregivers too, the need for the caregivers support there. And so that was really interesting to see. I showed up and I'm like, I didn't even say hi. I just said, I'm so tired from driving. Can I just take, I need to go take, I need to close my eyes. 
And I just, that immediate, like, oh yeah, we got, you know, that immediate support, like no judgment, the non-judgment, the understanding is just a natural uh, or a learned connection. So it was a very welcoming, I, I, again, credit to princess for, um, making it that way but i just snuck off sat in a chair for 10 minutes and then and, and then like, rejoined. Okay, okay. Again, and, that's you, the... and i know you guys had good yeah. food what did you guys do that day what was your activity at that meetup yeah she had organized uh at this it's saint edward's park but it's not just a park this is acres and acres uh on lake washington and um it used to be, they gave us the whole history because there's a whole building, which they've now turned, mm-hmm. it used to be like a nunnery mm-hmm. and a hospital and they've turned it into a hotel. There's a big gym that had pickleball courts. So that was one of the optional activities. Of course, that got me excited right of there. Of course. <laughs> and then uh, there's lots of hiking trails and of all levels around this um, area and so uh, we did a, a walking tour and then there was an option to do just some short little hikes that wasn't a real long would have been nice but again everybody was at different levels and so if you wanted to go on a real steep hike you could have zipped off and done that um, or just stayed around the camp area we were in a nice little orchard kind of oh, setting so uh, princess did a really good job of meeting all levels, but I would say walking, hiking, and pickleball. That's awesome. And for those of you who are listening and don't know, Epic Experience is doing some of these regional events all across the country. Uh, We've had hikes in Colorado Springs. They've done kayaking on the East Coast in various locations. They're doing a pumpkin smashing coming up in Pennsylvania, which sounds absolutely amazing. Um, So if you are interested in something like that, you can check the Epic Experience website, um, or they'll be advertised in the newsletter if you get that. Well, I'm wondering if there's anything, Gretchen, that I have not asked you about that you would want to share, either with someone who is a survivor or is a caregiver or just happened upon this podcast. Is there anything you'd want to share with someone listening? I would like to say to to be your own advocate, ask mm. questions and trust your instincts. Cancer is life changing, uh, but be open to the transformative process. Just be open. There's still much joy and um, so many lovely moments along the way. I know you heard about some of my hardships, but having my friends, we, we did some really fun things in between little bits here and there. Mm. There's still some majestic moments to happen when you're in that messy middle and I'm still in it, but I'm still finding joy and you can too, I guess. So that's what I'd like to say and encourage anyone to attend those regional meetups. I went all by myself and of course I was nervous, but the instant connection and support was worth the the long drive. Thank you. That is, that's great. I like that majestic moments in the midst of the messy middle. Yes, for sure. Uh, And one of those majestic moments can be going to one of those regional events, right? Finding that connection that you never knew was even out there. Yes. And I love that your friends were with you for those little moments all along the way. That's amazing. Well, I always end with this question. Very important. Marshmallows over a campfire, slow and steady or flaming crispy? (laughs) I would say before the epic experience, I was a slow and steady person. 
Wow, we even changed this for you. <laughs> yes, I know. Epic. It's, it's been an epic experience. Truly life-changing. Truly life-changing. I am now flame and crispy. I like it. Hot. Bring the heat. Bring I am with heat, you. Baby, I'm ready. I love it. That's awesome. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much. I really appreciate your honesty uh, for sharing all about your story and your background and the mo- the the tough moments as well as the magic what you call them Not majestic magic. majestic moments i love that um i really appreciate that so until we gather around the campfire keep living beyond cancer thank you it's been an honor thank you for listening to this episode of campfires of hope living beyond cancer For more information about Epic Experience and our programs, or to donate, please visit our website at epicexperience.org. Music for this podcast is provided by Moonshiner Collective. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us so we can share our story with more people. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are released. We hope you come back and join us for our next episode. Father time.